Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ready? It's the Roundtable with me, Robert Bannon. Hey everybody, my name is Robert Bannon. I'm so excited to be with you to talk about a new off-Broadway show. You know, I love Broadway. I love concerts. I love TV. But sometimes it feels like the real new art is on the off-Broadway stages. And Roundabout is no joke. This is not your downtown in a garage behind a coffee shop kind of off-Broadway. This is the real deal. We are talking the refugee play, a beautiful play, a brand new play about lineage, about family, about what it means to be ancestral and be connected to your roots and the decisions that those people have made, how it trickles down to the current day. Listen, it has an all-star cast like Daniel J. Watts, who was nominated for a Tony for playing Ike Turner, and the incredibly beautiful and talented Nicole Ari Parker is in it. Plus, one of the understudies is an alumni of the round table. I call them an alumni because they were on when they did the Hillman Mentor Program and we ran into each other at the opening. It was just a special day. It's just a special cast. It is a special group of actors. You need to go to Roundabout Theatre Company and see the Refugee Play right now playing. Get your tickets and head on down to see the show. Here is the start with the one and only TV star, and I call him the most beautiful family in showbiz, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Parker. Hello. 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 
Nicolari Parker. I don't need an introduction. We know you. Hi. Hi. The most beautiful family in all of Hollywood. I swear, or Atlanta, or wherever. So no, we're. we're LA and New York, yeah. We used to live in Atlanta. Wow, you do your work. I tried to do some research. I I tried. My son was born in Atlanta. So here's my question for you. You have a daughter that's at Howard University. Dropped her off. Yes. Talk about lineage. Talk about family. Talk about this show. When you get up on stage and do this work and talk about this play, how does your personal life lead you to do the work on stage? Well, you know, um, I'm playing in the first play a woman who's in her 80s, and I'm lucky to have both my parents, who my mother just turned 80 and my father's 83, and I'm so grateful to have just that deepening of um, understanding of, of what our elders carry with them. You know, my, my parents were born in the 40s, uh, African Americans born in the 40s, my mom from the South, my dad from Maryland, Baltimore, and just to have all that knowledge um, that they've given me that has made me, I think, a survivor in this business. Yes, you have to be. You have to be. Absolutely. And my character early uh, talks about that a little bit about how to survive and what you need to carry inside of you. What is it like to play an 80-year-old? How do you, as a nerdy actor that I am, how do you materialize that with that, with the work, the physicality of the work? And was there? I'm still working on it because you know, you, it's a tricky thing that to over over age yourself because my mom has a knee issue, but she walks with the determination yes. and gratitude that she's still here. Um, which is also what Nathan has written into the play a bit that, you know, I built a house and it's still standing. Oh, I, well, welcome back to the stage. You, you, you've done theater, you've done Broadway, you have been around and done classical, deep pieces of work. When you see a script that was sent to you that's three and a half hours long, that is multiple plays, what is the thought process? How do you get your head around putting the work together? And it's a lot of homework. Yes, uh, well, uh, I was the last one off book. Uh, That's okay. I just, because there were so many pieces, you know, and then tech. Yes. <laughs> so there were just so many pieces to, to meld together that um, I dived right in. Um, and I'm in a cast of brilliant actors that um, we just all just poured ourselves into this material under the direction of the amazing Patricia McGregor. She uh, really held it all together in the craziness. <laughs> well, we're so excited to see it. We're excited for everybody to come yeah. down here and check it out. And thank you for all the work. We love thank all of the you. stage and thank screen you. and all that you all do. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we are here with Tony nominee Daniel J. Watts. Uh, welcome back to the stage. You don't take a long break. Why? Never. No break. He works. Before we talk about this show, I have to say, you go down to the public, you see his one man, I, I don't know what to call it, uh, Poetry oh, yeah. Jam. You're, yeah. you're, it is one of the most brilliant, awe-inspiring pieces of work you will ever see. Oh, wow. Thank you. That really means a lot. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. It means a lot. And you, you, knowing, seeing that show and knowing what you feel about family, sure. what is it like to be able to do a show like The Refugee Plays here? Oh, it's, it's doing all the things. It's giving me all the feels. It's, you know, it's, 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 it is a family show. It's familial. It's ancestral. Um, and it's making me think more about my family and how, where I've come from and 
how do I stay connected to that? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a country boy, but I'm in New York City. So it's, you know, it, it's back to some, some roots, uh, what I'm feeling connected to right now. Absolutely. So when you get a script like this and, and you have an epic play that talks about lineage and time, and what do you do as the actor? What kind of homework do you go home and, and do you pour over the script? Do you let it listen to it? Like, how do you memorize all the lines? Oh, man. Re <laughs> right. Repetition. That's what I want. Repetition. <laughs> Repetition. Repetition. You know, Repetition. Over and over. And over. But yeah, like I read it and immediately the language of it is what spoke to me first. And I was like, oh, I, I know this language. Like, I'm not from Southern Illinois, but... Those people, that that great migration of people, yes. it's, it's still relatively similar. And it, I, what did I do? I, I, I watched a lot of documentaries on uh, World War II vets, um, a black platoon uh, in, in World War II called the 761st. Um, I went back and watched Watt Stacks because there was just the people in the 70s and just what that vernacular felt like. It's just a lot of stuff like that, just to like, sit in it and then really just listen to myself you know well i can't wait to see it people have to come out here and check it out come on come on come on come on, on. we here we, you are here and we are here for tony nominee see him wherever he does and 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 your art and artistry is beautiful thank you thank for you all the work. I appreciate I appreciate it. It. thank you so much all right nathan allen davis the playwright of the show congratulations happy opening thank you thank you very much so how did this idea if you don't mind so i have such anxiety when i talk to playwrights because yep. i think of that white page of the computer, that yep. blinking cursor. Yep. How did it start and how did it become the, this epic tale that it is? started out as a story about people who live in the woods and they're like tree people and they grow really tall until eventually they're so tall they could get cut down and I was trying to explore ideas about like death and the inevitability of death and all this stuff. But it, the, the first part of it, the, the first iteration, I couldn't quite find a hold on it. And at a certain point, I think I was writing the characters of uh, Walking Man and Gale. Something kind of felt like it dropped in. So I just kind of went with it. I listened to the characters. And I uh, wrote that first play, Protect the Beautiful Place. And then, um, and then I started to write more. As the, the world that was coming out of their mouths kind of like created itself, you know. And I just followed it. And I uh, wrote another play. Then I wrote another play and went backwards in time. And tried to fill in some more of the story that I was writing. What, you have your own students. I mean, you work at Boston University, or you're, you're in the MFA program. That How do you keep your voice with all the noise? You have a team, you have producers, you have people that, that, give, and people that read your work through its iterations. How do you stay true as a, as a young playwright to, to putting the story out that you want to be told? I think you just have to tell the truth, you know? I mean, the people that come together to produce your work, they're doing that because they believe in your work and they're responding to your voice. You have to continue to trust it and you have to have enough confidence to be able to say, I don't know sometimes, but trust that you'll figure it out. And, um, you know, when you're talking to someone, you don't ever forget, feel like you're going to forget what you sound like. You're going to sound how you sound. And I think if you're writing and you're writing truthfully, your voice will always come through. You just have to have the, um, the courage to keep telling the truth. And this story, it must have seen it on stage and now to open tonight, how does that feel as the playwright? And the years and the rewrites and the editing and the workshops and everything you've done, how does that feel to finally open? It's exciting. It's, you know, it's the moment that you write for to have it open, to have people all come and see it. Uh, it can be hard to let go sometimes because when you're still working on it and you're still crafting it, there's always some perfect version in your mind, but now it's like real, real. And so there's always a little bit of anxiety with that, but it's also just really satisfying and 
and fun to have people come together to like make your dream a reality on stage. So it's wonderful. Happy opening. Break all the legs. Have an amazing run. And we can't wait to see what's next. All right. Thank you so much. Jerome, thank you. Well, look at this suit. Come on, suit. Okay, now. <laughs> and, and pocket square and tie and all. Oh, you know, we try. Jerome, we have seen you on stage. We have seen you on screens. Uh, Jitney was something special. Why this show? Why now? Why this show? Why now? This is a time, uh, cons particularly in our society, where society has been divided, family has been divided. Mm -hmm. There were people whose family members died and they could not attend the funeral. Yes. There was people who wanted to go to a funeral and be a part of it and could only experience it through Zoom. So it reminds you of family, of love, of forgiveness, of laughter, of joy, of uh, restoration, of uh, the importance of recognizing ancestors who are always with you, always walking with you. Uh, it reminds you of the audacity of hope, mm. the audacity of strength, uh, that yes, a woman can kill a bear, you know, and, uh, and so much more. It breaks uh, the boundaries of what we are, uh, what's tied to us as to what we are capable of doing. And it also allows you to leave the theater and, and say that you can do anything, but, but walk with love as you do that. I mean, can you just, uh, can you just speak to me every night before I go to sleep? Because <laughs> I'll I, record something and send it to you. <laughs> oh, please, please. When, when you do, when you have a career that's on Broadway and Sick Fly and all the things that you've done, and then and, and a lot of work on on sets and I'm in the SAG strike without mentioning names of shows, what is it like to be in front of a live audience compared to being on set? What is the energy you feel as an actor that it is live and you're in front of people every single night? Mm, it's a feeling of uh, exhilaration. It's a feeling of family in a way. It's a feeling of gratitude. Uh, it's a feeling of, I hate to say fear, but it, 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 it allows you to pull yourself up together and deliver yeah. what's inside of you, you know? And uh, it, it causes you to give the best from you. You don't want to walk out on stage and not give your best. And that's what we should do in life. But when you walk out on stage, it reminds you, you got to be at your best to tell the best story. He's my life coach now. That's it. You're hired. We, <laughs> you're hired. I am very excited to see it. I'm excited for people to come down here and see it. And you're from, it says on your, in your bio, New York, New Jersey, from somewhere around there. I was born in Augusta, Georgia. Okay. Yeah, I came to New York when I was about six years old. It was two stops, one in Spidenburg, South Carolina, one in Columbus, Ohio. And then we went back and I lived in Atlanta. I went to school in Knoxville, Tennessee, University of Tennessee and Knoxville College. And then I went to school uh, further in London, London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts. See, and that's Georgia, what- I'm Georgia born, I'm a Georgia boy. A Georgia boy with London dramatic roots yes. doing it, doing yes, the work. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, it's an honor to talk to you. Thank you, sir, it's an honor. Great, Zan Mitchell, everybody. Well, what is it like to be in a show about family, lineage, ancestors and 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 your journey and, and and just tell us tell us what is it like to do this show it's a wonderful reminder 
of where your real support and your real joy is, even though it may be challenging, because it's just amazing to have somebody that you don't have to explain yourself to, mm. and with some family members, because they've known you so long, a lot doesn't have to be explained. And so with this show, there's no outside influence, there's no internet, there's no TV, there's no radio, so we get to deal intimately with each other. And I'm sure what's not said is just as big of a character as what is said on stage, and in families in general. Is You have a career that has stages, screens, Broadway, off-Broadway, tons of credits. There has to be a team of people that, when you look back through your career, have supported you, family and friends, etc. Do you bring them up on stage, the, the aura and spirit of, of the people that helped you when you crossed the threshold on stage every night? Well, I have a special um, conversation, prayer, to my ancestors and to my spiritual guides because I believe that I call them my posse. Yes. <laughs> and they ride with me no matter what. Absolutely. And I need to, I'm going to go home and call my spiritual guides too. We need, everyone needs some spiritual guidance for sure. And if I can say real quick, like, sure can. you can't just wait, you can wait to the last minute, but you're really nervous if you wait to the last minute for that guidance. Mm -hmm. But if you drop in there every day, then you feel supported all the way. I'm taking that with me tonight. Thank you. I'm taking that with me. When you saw this play and you read it for the first time, is there anything over... I know people talk about the length and the time and three acts and it's a big piece. How do you as an actor not get intimidated and just do you just... How do you just dive in right head first into the work? Because this is told in such an unusual way. We are at the end and then we progress to the beginning. So you never lose interest because you really don't know what's going to happen next. It's got to be a fascinating, it's a beautiful night of theater. You have to come down here and see it. Thank you for the work. Thank you for the time. And, the, and we're excited to check it out. I hope you do, and I hope you let us know how you feel. I sure will. Happy opening. Thank you. Uh, Thank break you all the so legs. Much. Thank you so much. Thank a you. pleasure to meet you. It's Thank a pleasure you. to meet you, too. Thank you. My name is Jessica Francis Dukes. I play Gail. Absolutely. And we know you from a show that we're not going to talk about in this SAG strike, but we know. We, maybe. And what is it like to be... Back on, it's not your first play by any means. What does it mean to be back on the boards in New York City? It feels so good. I'm just, I am, this is my love. This is my refuge. You know, this is my home on this theater, uh, on this stage. And it's just like, the, the TV and film is so wonderful. Uh, but this is so fulfilling. This is so just heart-wrenchingly. It is just an amazing thing to do every single night. You know? And that's what I was just talking to Jerome about. What is it like, the energy you get from the audience? You're putting on an epic three-act play. What is it like? Does that energy from the audience give the life you need to get you through the finish line? Absolutely. And when they're with us, it's like it makes it even better. You know, like sometimes they're quiet because they're dealing with their own things, but sometimes they're laughing and they get, they get that they can laugh. You can laugh. Um, and it's a, it's a joy because we know that many people in the audience have lost, are trying to forgive, are trying to reconnect with family, or maybe, you know, going through certain things, and, and hopefully this is a chance for people to call home, you know, uh, let go, forgive, breathe, and love. Oh, that is beautiful. A show about lineage and family, 
is there a personal person and people in your life that that have gotten you to this point that when you do the show they're in your spirit and around your aura every single night every night I call my grandparents my great-grandparents um, I call them to the stage I ask them to play Gail uh, for that first act and uh, you know I do this because I honor them every day and so hopefully you guys are proud oh my goodness <laughs> alright fine I'm just a big puddle <laughs> I'm a puddle. We love your work. We love the show. Congratulations and have an amazing run. Break Thank legs. You. Happy opening. Thank you. Thank you. So nice to meet you. I'm John Michael. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Still, I'm playing Walking Man. John Michael Hill, Tony nominee here on the roundabout stage here. <laughs> what is it like to be back on the stage, back on Broadway, in this show at this time. It's great. I mean, you, you kind of connect with material first and the sort of pop and circumstance and all that comes later. You really just focus on the material and how it speaks to you and collaborating with this incredible team. Well, if you don't know, he acts Shakespearing it up and down and around. So how does that, yes, I know, don't sleep on me. So when you have that kind of experience, how does that come into doing a show that's deeply rooted in, in, in truth and timeliness and three and a half hours? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shakespeare is great to work on just from a technical standpoint in terms of craft. You, you, you have to be able to command language. You have to have endurance vocally as an actor, physically. So uh, working on a lot of that stuff in my college years and younger days, I think has certainly built me up for <laughs> these sort of epically long plays. And I'm from Illinois. The play takes place in Southern Illinois. So it's, it's fun to sort of be in New York doing a play about the place that I come from. Absolutely. Well, I know that this show is going to be revolutionary to a lot of people. When you see in that audience and, and you hear the stories out there in the world going on today, how does that play into the connection you make on stage every single night? Yeah, mostly the sort of materialism and capitalism of today being really out of control. This play is a good reminder to take stock of what you actually value and sort of keep track of how materialistic you are and how much time you spend with technology as opposed to people and words, books. Um, so I, my love for that sort of thing is I'm, I'm certainly able to connect to that part of it every night. And I hope people watch it and take stock for themselves. Well. After talking to you, I guess I have to go home and study my scenes. I have a show this weekend, and I better learn, learn my lines. 
he could learn three and a half hours. I better learn my lines. <laughs> it's a pleasure. Thank you, you got so it. much. Nice to talk to you. Thank Very you. Congrats. Nice to talk Broke, to break legs. Happy Thank opening. You. My name is Ngazi Ayao, and I play Joy in the Refuge Place. And you just being here with you, you are Joy. Thank you. You are Joy. You are a playwright yourself. I am. I am. That's a fact. I write plays. I act in plays. I love plays. I'm a nerd. No, uh, so am I. I like reading them. I'm into it. Though. Well, yeah. from grief to homecoming queen, mm -hmm. your work, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you come here and read someone else's work. Yes. What is that like to live in the duality of both worlds? You know, it's really interesting. I, I am, I mostly do my work, as, as you stated. And for me, to actually get to dive into someone else's world, it's a big reminder of like surrender. It makes me much more compassionate with my actors when I have to do a play, because I'm like, oh right, this is, we're, I'm asking for everything. And so, but it, it, it's also a really interesting thing, because I'm like, oh right, this is not my play. This is Nathan's play, this is his world. And so I get to really surrender to what he's given me, and I get to like dive in, and quite frankly, it's easy because I don't have any homework the next day except for to memorize these lines. I don't have to do any rewrites. He's got to do all the homework. So I'm like, oh, I just got to say what you said? I could do that. You know what I mean? And she just said that doing this play is easy. So you know she's got the talent. Come on now. I mean, compared to like writing and having no. to act in it, I'm like, oh, you've just taken away one bit of work? Okay, I just get to be in the play. Well, I just get to be. You have roots in Nigeria. I do, I do. And what is that like to talk about a play like this and, and the, although the buzzword and, and the topicalness of this play and knowing the background, how, do, how, do they, how does it play into the, your truth in the show? You know, I, you know, as a Nigerian, as someone who knows her family, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff in my culture that is about knowing your father's father, knowing your legacy, knowing those things, and there is a sort of, there is a difference, obviously, in black American, in black American culture, but what rings true and rings the same is legacy, right? Like, you know, Nicole plays early, like, that, that grandmother reminds me of my grandmother, so for me, it's also really beautiful to dive into any sort of, like, black diasporic work, because it reminds me that actually, though, you know, we've been severed, we're not actually as disconnected as we think, you know? So for me, it's been really beautiful to just dive into, you know, I had like a little imposter syndrome about being in the play, because I'm like, oh, I'm not actually of this lineage, you know, but I am, you know? And like, it, it reminded me that I'm like, oh, right, like there are some things that like could not be taken away. And I'm reminded of this every time I like look at a cast member's face that looks like my uncle's face, you know what I mean? Or though, you know, this is like a sort of like Chicago backwards Southern thing, there's this so similar to like you could be in Nigeria in the village the accent is different you know what I mean but yes. you know our families are also worried about legacy our families are also worried about love our families are also worried about trauma our families are also worried about building a home for themselves and building from like scratch you know what I mean and clawing and fighting so there's a lot of ways in which we all really intersect yeah. so yeah it's universal yeah. and stories people families universal tale yeah. no matter where you're from a good story is a good story a good story is a good story yeah. and we can't wait to see your stories up on stages and, and more so work much. from you thank you so break much break legs happy run and have thank a wonderful you. time thank you thank I you. can't wait okay, I'm Lance Cody Williams and I'm playing Dax from the Refuse play the re not your first Broadway show or off-Broadway show at all no no I've done um, Sweat by Lynn Nottage and also Kiss Me Kate and a couple of other things. Which, can you do Lynn Nottage as a play and then see, Kiss Me Kate? Come on, Range! Yeah. <laughs> and Booty Candy, which was my debut role here. I think that's my stripper name. <laughs> but it's another show. Robert O'Hara's Booty Candy. <laughs> well, anything by Robert O'Hara is a trip. <laughs> but why this show and why now? 
oh, we were disconnected for a long time, you know, like the world stopped. And um, this play kind of forces us to reconnect. And it's that breath between the actors, the artists, the writers, and the audience that they have to lean in, they have to communicate, listen, and have empathy. And I think it's just what the theater is about, that breath in between the artist and the audience, that, that empathetic breath. That really, we lost. We, we lost and we need, so we dare. Right. We dare to have you binge watch theater. <laughs> That's right. Yes, you're watching a whole series binge watch yes, right binge, here. Binge watch. Now, I was going to ask you, I've asked a lot of people, you are a very accomplished cast. This cast is pretty off the charts, bananas. You have all done a lot of theater. You've all done a lot of film and television. Mm -hmm. But what is the energy? How do you describe getting on stage in front of a live audience for three and a half hours and telling this story every night? Electrifying. But also a sense of responsibility. Um to tell the truth mm. and to breathe life into these words because they're so beautiful. And um, the connection, it's always about like the other person, you know, like, ugh, it's, it's such a giving thing. And I kind of feel like um, we get a chance to bear our souls. That's an actor right there who tells <laughs> that is a that is a real actor. A real actor that says it's about the other person because there are a lot of actors that No, it is. Like like it, it's a thing, like cause I'm out there and you know everybody and all of that yes. and they laugh and what brings me back is the curiosity yes. of my partner. And if I ever get lost, I look right into their eyes and I am there. Ooh, you know where what did I mean? you where did you train? What kind I of trained at the Baltimore School of the Arts and I also trained at SUNY Purchase. When it was gritty, you know, yeah. gritty. but we were very gritty. It was a very gritty, and and actually, I got my masters with the masters. I was told not to go to get a masters, but to train on stage with the masters. So I did old school, yeah. I'm learning by watching people, and that's it. Well, you took me back to acting school. When you talked like that, I was literally like, oh my goodness, I'm back in Meisner class. I'm sorry. I, I had a sorry. It's about the other person. It, it's, the word, it's about the work. Always it's about such the work. a beautiful art form, you know. Yes. Oh. I'm so excited to see you do this show. Everybody get your tickets. Come on down here. you got to see it. Congratulations. Thank you so Thank much. You. Mallory Taylor Johnson, can you tell us who you play in the show? Yes. Uh, I play Symphony. I was about to say my own name. No. <laughs> I play Symphony. You play Symphony every night, and you play Mallory in real life. Exactly. I get it. Exactly. You know, you're a Juilliard graduate. Yeah. From a Juilliard dropout right here. That's why I'm on this side of the screen. Listen, listen, how does, a lot of students watch our show, we're on the Broadway Podcast Network, we're on the Roundtable on YouTube, what does it mean to, when you go to school and get the training, how does it help prepare you for a trilogy play like this? Yes, I mean, it just helps with repeatability, because honestly, doing this show every night, actually, I mean, I don't have as huge of a job as, like, Jessica Francis Dukes, who is, like, really taking it on every single night, but... In the sense where, like, putting the energy in your body every single day, I always go back to what I learned in school. Like, Alexander Technique, mm. um, imagination exercises just with my teacher. Like, I do it all, like, an hour before the show. And it really, really does, like, get me ready to do kind of 
some uh, deep work every single night. Every night. Uh, what is it like to now be in front of an audience? You're outside of a workshop, you're outside of a rehearsal room, and now they're a character in the show every single night. Their energy is shot up on stage with you. I know. Yeah, it's great. I mean, like, it's so, it's actually amazing how much the audience is really like the last element that a show needs. Um, some nights I love when they're like laughing. I love when they like are really along with you on the ride. And there's some nights where like the audience is just really listening and like even that's informative. So it really it's like different every single night because of them. They, they really make the show in more ways than I think that they know. And a show about lineage and family, what does it mean for you? I know there's probably a team behind you of people who have supported you through all of these years. Uh, what is it like when you get to now be on stage and hear from the people that have helped support you? Do you carry that with you in this performance? All the time. I talk to my mom every single day. Yeah, of course. I talk yes. to my mom after the show, before the show. You know, my mom is that person for me who uh, keeps me going. So, yeah, it's it's feels amazing. She's always been by my side, but she's really proud of the work that I'm doing and really proud of this show, as she should be, because the show is Yes, amazing. and you're amazing. Thank and you. come down here and see it. Thank you so much, Break Legs. Have Thank an amazing you. run. Uh, my name is JJ, and my character is Ha Ha in the show. Yeah. And you are a Carnegie Mellon University graduate. I am, yes. Yes, I am. Class of 2021. Class of 2020. I'm going to... Oh, my gosh. I'm on, I'm on suicide watch. <laughs> 2021. All right, so LaGuardia High School. So are you from the New York area? I am. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York, in the house. Goes to one of the greatest theater schools in the world for high school and for... And now you're here. And now I'm here. Roundabout, yeah. off-Broadway. It's debut. Debut, first show ever. First show ever. First show ever. They're yelling, we're yelling, we are all here. What? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Free hype. What is it? What is it like to be on stage as opposed to the television work that you've done to then take this text, learn everything you learned in high school and college, and now apply it on a stage in the middle of New York City? To apply it on a stage in the middle of New York City, I think is like art form, the art form at its best. Uh, feeling the audience every night and connecting with everybody. Um, it's just a special feeling, and I feel like sometimes you can feel that in, feel, in film, but um, you can really feel it on the stage with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Live. Live. Every Live. It's different every night. So. A show about family and lineage, what does it mean like to think about your journey coming from New York City, going to school, going to and, and the sacrifices that family and community has made for you? How do you bring that on stage every night? Honestly, I, I just bring it on stage through my heart and through the words that Nathan has written. Um, it's just a grateful and just such a blessing to be honestly, to have grown up here and then to have my first play also be here. So I'm just grateful every single day. And I bring that in every time that I go in. He's a star, 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 come on. Broadway, TV, film, we're ready for it. We're ready. Thank you. It's only just begun. The best is yet to come. Congrats. Hey. Break all the legs. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a great run. Thank, Thank you. you. Nice to meet you. Listen, if, you're, if you've watched this show every week, then this is a familiar face. Tell everyone your name. Hi everyone, my name is Kashana Johnson. And if you look back to last summer, we did the Hillman Mentor Program. Here it is, here, look, she's here, right there. Right there, in the program, told me about your career, about what you had plans, stage and television and write all of it. And you're here, you're about to open tonight. Yeah, I feel blessed. It's, it's crazy, but it's not, because this is exactly what I, um, I guess, manifested. You, you manifested, yeah. but you did the work. And did too. the work, for sure. Yes, for sure. You did the work. What was the audition process like 
for this piece in particular? Yeah, well, we I sent in a tape, um, and then they had um, live uh, callbacks in New York, but I was actually in LA, so I wasn't able to make it. Um, and then I sent in another audition um, via self-tape for the understudies. They circled back and asked me to audition again, which I was like, oh, well, that must be <laughs> meaning that the work was, was good. Um, and yeah, and I sent in the tape, and then I found out uh, probably a week later that I made the under understudy cast, yeah. Where are my tapes going? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I still ask those questions, no, too. No, uh, that's part of being an artist, for sure, and, and an actor, putting the work in, sending it out, set it and forget it. Yeah. Yeah. When you walked into rehearsal that first day, I mean, this is a big debut performance for you. What, how do you build the confidence to just let the words speak and let the work speak without getting overwhelmed or that imposter syndrome that sneaks yeah. up? How did you, what did you mentally prepare so that you can be present in the room every day? Well, I told myself you were called to be in this room, um, so you belong, and that was enough. I mean, I think walking into the room where it's sur I'm surrounded by amazing artists and true artists, you know, there's no ego, there's none of that, and you feel it in the room, and they just really created that atmosphere going in. So it felt like a family first day. So I didn't feel any of the imposter syndrome, or, oh my God, I didn't feel any of that. They embraced us and they welcomed us into the space. It was beautiful. I'm so proud of you, and I spoke to you for 30 minutes, and then the fact that I just am so proud because I know the work that you've put in, and, and, and the technique, and the training, and, and the praying, and the, all of the all things. Of all, all of that. All of that. It's a full circle moment right now. This is yes, beautiful. This, this I love a, it. I'm so psyched right now. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's only the beginning. The best is yes. yet to come. It's a show about lineage. It's a show about ancestors, and I know there's a team of people and family and friends that are behind you that pushed you to be where you are. How does that play into the preparation to do this show every night? Well, um, I actually lost my grandmother last year. Um, and so walking into the space with this show um, and what it's about, it was so healing for me um, while I was still dealing, and still am dealing with that grief. Um, but it was such a beautiful process. Um, and I just came in with my arms open and the work happened in here and I, it's coming out. So um, that's my relationship to it, I think bringing in, um, instead of trying to like stuff it down on what I was going, going through um, personally, I just brought it into the room every day. It's I brought it into the room every day. Oh, yeah. you're such a beautiful artist. I'm so excited to, for this and for everything that's to come. Congratulations. Thank you, Robert. Congratulations. It's so good to be here with you. in person. <laughs> Stanley Andrew Jackson here in this show. Tell us, what is your part? What are you doing here? Uh, my name is Stanley Andrew Jackson. I'm understudying the roles of Haha -Ha and Walking Man. Okay, here's my question for you, Stanley. Mm -hmm. Three and a half hour show. Mm -hmm. Understudy. Mm -hmm. Three and a half hour show means there's hundreds of pages. Mm -hmm. Two parts. Mm -hmm. Stanley, I have a show Saturday in Atlantic City. I have maybe 20 lines and I don't know them. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> How? Tell us. What? what? What's the trick? Well, you know, first and foremost, training. A lot of training and preparation, but also um, I think really getting engrossed in the story and understanding the purpose of each character and each role and each moment. You know, um, there is a lot of text, um, but it's a beautiful story. The story is really about finding a safe space. So really, I try to find a safe space in my head yeah, for know. each one of these characters. You know, and once I got that safe space, it lived there. Hopefully, yes, I, yes. <laughs> and it will. So when you talk about training, you talk about your training. 
How does that come into play? For a lot of students watch this show. What is it like, the training that you learn, the toolbox you have as an actor, and, and how do you apply it to this to this piece? Well, I'm, I'm, I have a really great experience. I went to Howard University for my undergrad, and then I got my master's in classical theater at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama in London. <laughs> and so I have had the opportunity to sort of put my brain, my creative brain, in the gym for years. And the root of my like creativity started in doing a lot of Shakespeare. With Shakespeare, there's a lot of text. So um, I always advise kids to like study, train, and work on Shakespeare. Um, my name is Imani Uzuri. I'm a composer and vocal soundscape for the uh, Refuge Plays world premiere. How do you write underscoring and music for a three and a half hour play? You pray a lot. <laughs> You listen a lot, and then you you put in, and then you put in things that sound organic to the character and to the world, and then you pull out, and then you pull you pull in and pull out. So it's really um, the main thing that happened is I had to do a lot of bonding with the with the actors because a lot of them didn't identify singers, so I had to do a lot of bonding so they felt safe and comfortable sure. singing and embodying it. So we did a lot of singing in the rehearsals. Do you call this a play with music? Do you call this a what, what would you call it? It's a play. A play. But, but, but you know what it is, is that I feel like for a lot of people, especially black Americans or black people from the diaspora, music is just embedded in Absolutely. the day-to-day -day life. Absolutely. And the, the sonics are just embedded. I feel like that's a lot for a lot of cultures. So it's a play, and I think it just reflects aspects of day-to-day -day life where we might hear a song on the yes. wind or song interstitial. You know? My partner sends me a... A, a song a day, so I get exactly. it. It is a part of it exactly. is a part of life. Exactly, and it's a character in this show. How do you build that? How do, where do you get inspiration? Where do you do you, sit, do you play piano as a guitar? How do you get the idea behind what needs what? For me, as far as the vocal soundscape work, it was really organically starting with the voice and really just thinking about what types of sonic hauntings may be appropriate for this world that Nathan Allen Davis has so beautifully created. And so, we, you know, the people will see, but we have, we have some ghosts, you know, some ancestral sounds. We have some people singing. They're calling themselves home to heaven or to the hereafter. Yes. So that, that kind of thing. Oh, we're here for it. I can't wait to see it. Thank Congratulations, Break Legs. Happy opening. Yes, yes you're right. here. Yes, Thank that's you. great energy. Oh, I love gosh, your vibe. No, I love you're your wonderful. vibe and energy. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Well, there you have it. Grab your tickets. Come on down and see it. Aren't they a great group of actors? Woo! That is no joke. <laughs> Roundabouttheater.org. That's www.round, R-O-U-N-D-A-B-O-U-T, theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E, dot org. Get your tickets to see this show. Um, we are here at the Roundtable. We are always talking about artists and talking about art. And uh, so nice to talk to people of all different levels in their career and where they are and what they're doing. One day it may be a TV star, one day it may be an icon, one day it may be a Broadway Tony winner, and one day it may be an unknown person who's just about to start and blow up. You never know who you're going to get and what we're going to do. I hope you enjoy being here. I hope you follow us on the Instagram, which is at Robert M. Bannon or at The Roundtable with Robert Bannon. Keep listening to us on the Broadway Podcast Network and support art and artists. If you want more information about me, go to robertbannon.com. I have a new album. I have Noir shows. I have a live show in New York City in December. I have music. I have acting. I have life. I hope you just to come along for the ride. Till next time. It's been such a pleasure to be with you. Remember, the best is yet to come. Till next time. I said that twice, so it must be true. I'll see you again real soon.
Bye, everybody. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.